welcome to Studio RC, your daily encouragement for your recovery and your faith. My name is Pastor Max. I am an alcoholic and I am also a believer. And I'm sober today only by the grace of God and the program that is found in the 12-step fellowships. So our topic today is trust. And it's actually going to morph into another topic. And we're going to talk about truth at the end as well. But we're going to start out talking about the topic of trust. Now, when we take a topic like this, I like to just look at the dictionary. What does it say that this word even means? So trust is defined as a noun, a reliance on the integrity, the strength, the ability, the surety of a person or thing, um, having confidence, a confident expectation of something, a hope. Um, in the verb, it says to rely upon or place confidence or hope, to have hope in something. And so when we trust, we want to be able to, to trust. Um, we need to trust things because in our addiction, um, not only were we not trustworthy, we couldn't, we, we didn't know what to trust. And most people we did not trust. And so as we look in the recovery um, circles, trust so often either deals with um, our trust of others, our trust of the recovery program, or even our trust in God. So there's a lot of things going on with trust. Um, here are a couple passages from the recovery literature, just to get our, 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 our beak wet here a little bit to start the process. Um, in the step three, it talks about in the 12 and 12, besides we think there's no one we surely can trust. Wasn't that an issue? We didn't think that we could trust other people. Um, we knew that maybe we were untrustworthy, so maybe other people we really couldn't trust. We could kind of trust ourselves, and even that was a little iffy, but we definitely couldn't trust other people. In the the 12th tradition, again, in the 12 and 12 from ANA, it says, the aggrieved victim would then rightly declare that his trust has been broken. Not only did we not trust other people, we broke people's trust. We broke it so frequently. Um, when doing the ninth step so frequently, people get um, challenged, especially with financial amends. Like, uh, I have to give them money. Well, the truth is, we're not giving our money to them. We're giving back their money to them. Um, so we have broken the trust, whether we've stolen, whether we've lied. And so we have to keep that in mind, especially when making amends and uh, as we're gaining trust back. Now, a lot of the, the, the passages in the literature talks about trusting in God. And here are just a couple. The only condition and this is from working with others, is that he trusts in God and clean house. And we'll return to that one, but trust in God. We trust infinite God rather than finite selves. We, we, we're start, starting to shift our, our trust of ourselves to a trust of a higher power, a power that is greater than ourselves. Um, in how it works, they say they trust their God. In step three, it says all of the 12 steps require sustained and personal exertion to conform to their principles. And so we trust to God's will. Now, the way we've defined God's will in the past is we've talked about God's will being knowing all the facts. Um, and so we start to trust that God knows all the facts, that God has um, a knowledge that we can trust. So we, when we pray, 
for a knowledge of God's will. We're praying to know all the facts and then the power to help carry that out. Here are some other passages um, from recovery literature before we dive into uh, some of the uh, the scripture and some of the, the other things here. Um, one of the things at first, and this is interesting, I don't know if I really, I trusted God, um, especially in early sobriety. <clears throat> I didn't believe necessarily that he cared for me. I kept trying to change things I couldn't change. I was trying to orchestrate or I was trying to control things because I wasn't quite sure that I could trust God or God's will. And um, gradually, um, as we begin to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, we start to see that God's omnipotent. He's all-powerful and that God can take care of things that we couldn't take care of. And we begin to receive answers to even some of our deepest problems as we begin to trust God. But at first, we didn't trust God. In AA, and I had read this before, and it comes from the big book, the only condition is that they trust in God and clean house. Trust God, do the steps. The steps help clean out the house, get rid of all the junk. Um, some, we donate some, recycle some, throw out a lot of junk. We clean out that house, much like a lot of people have been doing uh, during the lockdown or quarantine. We clean house. Why? We get rid of all the extra clutter. And it, as we're trusting God, he's taking away all that stuff to give more room for us to interact and to trust God. It says in the 12 and 12, again from AA, how persistent we claim the right to decide all by ourselves just what we shall think and just how we shall act. You know, we have the right to think and act, you know, and I'm going to do it. This comes back to um, us trusting ourselves or thinking we are the higher power. We will control things. Um, but that's really not, it wasn't in our best interest. Usually when we exclusively trust in our, trusted in ourselves, we got off course because we didn't trust others or didn't trust God. Um, when we put um, our faith in, a, in a, a spiritual power in regards to the program, um, we, can, we start to share our problems at meetings and with other addicts and alcoholics whom relate. And then we start to change our understanding of how I fit into that. And we start to trust the process of recovery. When I trust others to teach me what I need to do, I have a better life. I can find trust. I can trust myself to do what is necessary because I'm starting to trust the recovery process. When wrestling with a higher power, so the suggestion is made, trust in um, the group as your higher power. Why? Because I'm starting to trust this recovery process. This process is a power greater than myself. But as we realize that it's made up of um, individuals flawed, and we start to realize that in that, that, um, that we want to trust in one that is greater than even all this collection of people. And maybe it takes, it's a process to get there. I know it was a process for me that I needed to trust in recovery, and that allowed me to then therefore trust in God. Um, and we build up a track record that way. Um, I can trust in the steps because the steps continue to work for um, really understanding it's a gift for us to be able to trust God to work the steps 
and to help others. There's a trust factor in that when we do that. As I was preparing and thinking about trust, it led me to another topic and a topic that I think um, is closely aligned with trust, but it's the, tr the topic of truth. Truth, um, as we trust things, we're trusting something to contain truth. Um, and so I have to say, um, I use this loosely as a, as a theologian, and again, I say that loosely. I, I don't know if that's what jumps in me, but I always get frustrated when someone says, this is my truth, or that's your truth. In regards to truth, it's just the truth. Truth, as is defined, is unchanging. It doesn't matter what side of it you look at, truth is the same. That's what makes it truth. It's, it's unchanging. It, it's, not, it do, it's not relativism. Truth stays the same. So much like trust, I looked up the, the word truth. Truth is actual state of matter, the true state, a verified or undisputed fact, proposition, principle, or the like. Conformity with fact or reality. Um, undisputed fact. I don't know if there are you know, in today's world or society, that anything's undisputed. I think everyone wants to fight about everything. Um, but in regards to the truth, it doesn't change. And um, the truth is rooted throughout Scripture. Interesting, over half the New Testament uses of truth are in the Gospel of John. Truth is a reality. It's the way things really are. What seems to be and what really are, are often not the same thing. Even how we see something might not be how it actually is. How often have we jumped to a conclusion about a person or a situation that just wasn't true? To know the truth is to see it accurately. To believe um, what isn't true is to be blind. And so we want to see it accurately. We, we want to see God's will. We want to know all the fact. Jesus prayed in the Gospel of John, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Truth is far more than facts. It's not just something we act upon. Truth, it acts upon us. We can't change the truth, but the truth can change us. It sanctifies or what it sets us apart from the, the falsehoods woven into our sin nature. Um, Jesus is truth. He claims to be truth. Um, and the really neat thing is that truth, the whole point of truth, is for transformation. The reason we desire to have truth is so that we can be transformed by that truth. And as we are, it gives us hope. Christ is the living word. In The living word is truth. And that's the written word in the scripture is truth. Um, and it's, it's as followers of Christ, we are to walk in truth, they tell us in 3 John. We're to love the truth and believe the truth. That's 2 Thessalonians. We're to speak the truth in love. Truth is far more than a moral guide. Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say he would show us the truth or teach the truth or model the truth. He said he is the truth. Truth personified. He is the source of all truth, the embodiment of truth, and therefore the reference point for evaluating all truth claims. If we want to know truth, 
That's why we can pray to God and say, you know, Jesus, show me. You are truth. You're the way, the truth, and the life. Show me that truth so that I understand. Now, when we have thoughts that aren't true, and we do, the Bible also tells us that we can take those thoughts captive and we can replace them with truth. If you have something that says in your head that's saying you're not an alcoholic, you're not an addict, or you shouldn't go to a meeting, or you shouldn't go to a recovery church, or um, you can drink today and it'll be different. If you're having those thoughts, the Bible tells us, take those thoughts captive and give them to God and say, God, fill me with your truth rather than the lies that are in my head. Just because we think something doesn't make it true. So let's, we, we examine them and we give them to the one who is truth and say, is this true? If it's not true, fill it with something else and keep giving our, thought, our thoughts, taking them captive and give them to God. And we, God, throw this in the sea of forgetfulness so that we no longer wrestle with these lies that we tell ourselves, these lies that try to convince us that it's okay to drink or pick up or use, that we can just get right back into recovery and sobriety and get clean just like nothing happened. We know that that's a lie. We've experienced that's a lie. There's an insanity with that thinking. And so we take those captive and say, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Fill my mind with your truth. So that I know who I am, that I know that I'm loved, that I'm forgiven, that it's not a, a karma. It is a grace. It's a free gift. It's not getting what I deserve. So today, my encouragement to you is, you know, embrace trust and truth. Trust the program. Trust in God. Trust those around you. And, and then go to the one who is truth. And that one is Jesus. Hopefully that was encouraging to you today. May God bless you until we were able to gather again. And remember, Recovery Church, 12 steps, one goal. God bless. Mm -hmm.